0: of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for the creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we speak with poet Sherry X. We'll be chatting about inspiration and poetry. Here's Sherry. Hi Sherry, welcome to the show.
1: Hi Sherry, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How is your part of the world? Uh, Texas is being Texas. We had rain today, but I'm really looking forward to autumn. How about, are you in Calif- Los Angeles, California?
0: I'm in San Diego.
1: San Diego, okay. So how is it over there?
0: Hot, humid.
1: No, uh, wow. We won't
0: get real weather until uh, fall like October. We, we've been getting oh, okay. late summers for a long time.
1: Oh, well, I am so glad that we are getting rain because it's normally hot and humid in Texas. So that's a big improvement.
0: Yeah, I wish uh, we're in a drought, so we really need the rain. I just hope we don't get the rain that will do for the flooding because... It doesn't seem to know, okay, that's enough. Uh,
1: yeah. I understand. It keeps going. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I mean that. we need the
0: rain, but we don't want the flooding. We like a happy medium.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes.
0: But um, yeah, it's our uh, weather's so crazy and well, with the climate change and everything, it's been getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think that you know, like I said, it rained today, so, um, I that's really relaxing. Um, especially like I said in Texas, because it can get really hot and humid in Texas. really hot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm, I have been there. Um, we were we we ha- we went through there. We moved from California when we were kids to Ohio and one of our stops mm-hmm. was just outside of Austin. So I was mm-hmm. there for one day. <laughs> I was in I was in um the hills of Arizona Flagstaff. Uh-huh. And then we stopped in Texas and then I don't remember the next stop, and then we were in Ohio.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Well, you know, I've only lived in Texas for six years, and I have not once had the opportunity to go to Austin. But I've heard some really great things about Austin, Texas. I heard it's very beautiful there.
0: I mean, I was a little girl, so I don't, and I don't know if it's yeah. the same. I mean, it was really beautiful then, but I was only nine.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I've heard really great stuff about um, Austin and um, Houston. I haven't been to Houston yet either, but I've heard really great Houston is supposed about
0: to be, yeah, Houston is supposed to be quite the modern metropolitan type city.
1: Yes, yes, and I guess I put that on one of my on my bucket list to go there and actually see it. I've heard so many great things. Like I said, they speak really highly of uh, Austin, Texas, and Houston.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I was only there for a day in Austin, so I can't really go into wax poetic. But it was it was very nice. It was it was very pretty. But we weren't like like I said, we were only there one day. <laughs> yeah, it's like I was in Flagstaff for one day. And all I remember is that it snowed. It was the first time I ever saw snow coming, you know, from landing from the sky to the ground because I'm a California girl. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: (laughs) So that's what I remember from Flagstaff. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's another place that I wouldn't mind visiting is California. I've never had the time to schedule that into my schedule, but I really would like to visit California.
0: Well, there's some really nice places. Um, Mm -hmm. L.A. right now is a little hazy, but um, as soon as everybody, you know, gets their shot and uh, life gets normal again, uh, there's, there's, like, Great museums, great amusement parks, good theater, uh, great concerts, uh, really good baseball team, Dodgers. Um, (laughs) I was raised in L.A. I know L.A. well. Um, I live in San Diego. I've only lived here for about eight years, but I know L.A. Okay. 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 So I recommend L.A. And I recommend San Diego, and I recommend San Francisco. San Francisco is really cool.
1: Yeah, I've seen pictures of San Francisco. Really beautiful.
0: Oh, it's gorgeous. It's got um, mm-hmm. the most unusual architecture in California because it's it's not like the regular architecture. Most architecture in California is... Um, uh, sort of like spanish hill type um you know the it has that spanish flavor to it uh san francisco uh-huh. is like you're in the middle of europe <laughs>
1: oh wow oh yeah. wow it's it's
0: very it's packed very close together cuz it's all hills um, it's got um it's got some it's got some great places there too. The embarcadero, the boardwalk, um, uh Golden Gate Park, uh which isn't right next to the Golden Gate Bridge, by the way. Um <laughs> Chinatown. They have a great Chinatown. Um it's really fun. And he gets right on the trolley. Um It is cool. Oh, and it has a great chocolate company that's right there in, um, right near the, there's like a square that they call, I can't remember, I think it's called Girdelli Square for the Girdelli Chocolate Factory. And um, Mm. they have really great chocolate and they have like tours. So it's really cool. Highly recommend.
1: Oh, well, I guess I'm going to have to, you know, really, it's, since it's COVID, it's really scary to get out and do much traveling. And I try I to at least – it's just scary now. So hopefully when all of yeah. this thing, thing gets under control that I can get back and start doing a little traveling and going to places that I have listed.
0: Yeah, my brother and um, I was just talking about that. It's like uh, – Usually um, this week is his um, birthday week, so he takes the week off. And usually during this week, we would go to Old Town and Balboa Park. We'd see a play. We'd go for, to um, uh, downtown, and we'd go to the library. They have a great library in downtown San Diego. And all kinds. Of, we haven't done anything. And we didn't do anything for my birthday. We didn't do anything for We haven't mm-hmm. done anything for his birthday just because you know it's everything it's it's too nerve-wracking
1: <laughs> yes yes it's just really scary I, you just don't know um, so I'd be glad when COVID has disappeared
0: yeah me too just
1: disappear uh, yeah are you vaccinated I haven't got vaccinated yet. However, I do take the precautions, and I'm a vegan, and I don't know what that has to do with it, but I wanted to add that there because I really believe in supplementing. I am big on that, and I try to get as many vitamins as I possibly can, and maybe I go out and get this vaccination completed. I'm just not a big yeah. fan of needles. That's, that's the I thing. I hate needles just... too, but I. <laughs>
0: this is a deadly disease that people are dying, so I went yeah. and I got my vaccinations. I hate needles, always have, I mean, ugh, but I'd rather not die. Yes,
1: yes, yeah, so I am, I'm going to do it. It's just getting the nerve to do it
0: yeah I, I even though my brother got his shot first, I went with my brother because i I hate shots um, <laughs> It's like a little girl going with her daddy, you know even yes. though it's my brother my younger <laughs> brother it just, it just i i I needed someone that that would be there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but you know, I got him and I'm fine. You know, I, it, and it wasn't too bad. I mean, it hurt, but it wasn't like it was. It was um, there. Was, it, it did feel like there was a brick in my arm after the shot, but you know, not right away. Mm. It's like the next day, but because you have a problem lifting your arm a little bit, the um, way the next day, it's only for a day. Oh. So it, that's of, the it's only effect I had. You know, yeah, um, I'm, but I'm, I just, it, 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 it's not pleasant, but it's, like I said, it's better than getting COVID.
1: Uh, yes. I'm going to agree with you on that. It's just I'm going to have to get over the fear. And eventually I, I will get it done. It's just that I've always. Always, I'm always looking for an option. Even when I go to the doctor, they say I can give you a shot, and it can be done quickly. Well, I just suffer with the pill. Just give me the pill. I wish there were
0: pills for this. That would be good. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. But but they wanted to try to get the medicine out as quickly as possible, so they go for the, mm-hmm. whatever way you can vaccinate first, and unfortunately the first vaccination is the shot. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like the polio shot, you know, people were scared of it and it saved hundreds of thousands of uh lives. So it's a, it, and our smallpox, you know, vaccines are not new. They've been around for a long yeah. time. Mhm. Um, yeah. and they're they're very they're very important. Yeah. Uh, uh but it it's so funny because I was watching this old movie and this one of the characters was getting on a plane and he says, Well, you need a smallpox vaccine vaccine certificate. This was in the sixties. And he goes, But I'm not scared of little smallpox and she goes in the flight person says, Well, it's required and she goes, okay. And I'm looking for it, and and it, it turns out it was insider passport. But and I thought, you know, it's just like, you know, they they've always had these things, these little certificates that say, that, you know, and, and flight requirements and stuff like that that you have to have it before you go somewhere. So it's not mm-hmm. new. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's old. Yeah. It's been around since we've had it, vaccinations. Yeah.
1: Yes. I, I just like I said, I I my thing is getting over the fear of needles. The
0: needles. And I know yeah.
1: Yes. I, I know it's a need and it's very important, but I just have to get over my little phobia of needles.
0: I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Like I said, I just kinda of squeeze my eyes shut and wait for it to be over.
1: <laughs> yes. So um, uh, I will get it
0: done. But it's just, that's just the way it is, you know. Um, I'm going to take us off of this this track because um, okay. we want to talk about books and literature and poetry okay. and stuff like that. Um, I, I know you write. Have you written since you were a little girl?
1: Yes, I got a bestseller. My book, uh, Shadow Past. Um, and that's like I've I've always written poetry. Even as a little girl, I can remember writing poetry, and I remember trying to become a draw, you know, an artist too, draw pictures to go with my poems. But unfortunately, the art part didn't work out, the artist part of me. But um, I love poetry. There's um, something about your... poetry.
0: Is there someone who inspired you to start writing poetry, or is there a poet that you admire?
1: As a child, I would say I wrote poetry to deal with a lot of issues in school, as well as my personal life. I would write poetry. Those were my escape mechanisms, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I do the same as I thing. Got- I still do it. Yeah, it, it makes it better to have a way to explain how you feel in a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, later in my life, I I love Maya Angelou. Of course, I, of course, mm-hmm. I love Wordsworth and Keats, but it was something about Maya Angelou's writing that made me feel at home. Wordsworth, I love I'm going back to Wordsworth because one of the my favorites is splendor in the grass. Mm-hmm. It gives you the opportunity to imagine the most beautiful points of your life growing up and then the most difficult some mm-hmm. things you have to give up that's what that's my perception. Of the poem, there are things in life you have to give up, but those things are still beautiful and they make you, so to speak. Uh, But Maya Angelou, I love her writing because she speaks of herself, which I love biographies. uh, And her demeanor in her writing is so strong. It gives you strength as a woman. And to appreciate yourself as a woman, that's what I love. About I agree. Her
0: it's hard not to love her because she's just so vibrant.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And I actually love yes. Splendid. I actually, first time I ever heard it was when I saw the Natalie Wood movie. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because, and and I, I actually, I'm I'm very strange when I there's a movie or, a, or, or a, a TV show and something strikes me, I have to look it up. I still do that today. I mean, I just, so I had to get the poem, "Thunder in the Grass. I, I had to find it. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It's about mm-hmm. leaving, It's. I think, because we're always leaving stuff behind. I, that's part of aging and growing and, and maturing mm-hmm. and, you know, you leave your childhood behind. You leave your young adulthood mm-hmm. behind. You leave middle age behind, and then you get old, and then you leave life behind. But that's okay, cause that's the way it is.
1: <laughs> yes. And I wanted to say I'm like that too. I, if 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 a uh, uh, it, it could be an actor or an actress, if I love the way that they portray their role, oh. They're good and I have to get up and research them. I want to know about them because good at how they're playing that role. That means that their life this is my perception. I I believe that there's something associated with that role that they're playing it so well and I'd be astounded at what I find out through the research. Wow. So I'm like that too. Didn't you find
0: out when you started reading biographies that we shouldn't put people up on pedestals? The reason why is everybody has problems. Everybody has faults. Everybody makes mistakes. It's, you know, just because someone's rich doesn't mean they didn't have a hard life or currently aren't having a hard life or going to have a hard life. It, it's, a, yeah. it's a lesson that everybody should learn. They should watch the biographies or read them or something because you'll learn not to envy people.
1: That's right. That's right. I think one of my favorite biographies was when I, I started researching Steve McQueen because he was always mm-hmm. my favorite as a child. I yeah, loved he was gorgeous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was a gorgeous man. He was a great actor. Which movie was your favorite? Was um,
1: I want to say was it The Getaway? Didn't he play The Getaway? Getaway. Yeah, with yeah. Sally McGraw. Yes. Yes, I love that movie. And I think that oh, they found two of the most attractive actors to play that movie. Just beautiful. Oh,
0: yeah. But Ale- mine is a, Ale- Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, I was just yeah. going to say, mine is "Love with a Proper Stranger" with Natalie Wood. Did you ever see that?
1: That one? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's a very, oh. it's a
0: very, it's a quiet film. He's not, he's, he's a musician in it, and she's a a store clerk, and it's about they had um a, a romance, like like it wasn't a one night stand, but it wasn't like a full romance, but she got pregnant. And it's the whole story about what they're gonna do about it. Um and wow. very mature and, and it's nineteen I think it was like fifty nine or fifty eight, so you know, you still couldn't get an abortion legally and that was part of the story and um it was beautifully done. Um, Tom Bosley is Thrown at her at Natalie as a possible husband. <laughs> He's very funny. Wow. Um, it's it's a really good movie. It's just like it, it because it's it's black and white. And I hate that people don't mm-hmm. count black and white movies because some of the best movies ever made are black and white. And Absolutely. it's just it's. A, it's a beautiful little movie. Steve McQueen is wonderful in it, just Natalie Wood. I mean, just, it's just, that's that was them at their most beautiful, too. Oh, They I, were
1: sparkly. Well, everything that, he played, yeah. he did well. He did yeah. well. And uh, as a child, I, my favorite was Always Wanted Dead or Alive. I would watch that. I would rush from school, get everything done so I could watch Wanted Dead or Alive. And I thought he was the most gorgeous person, and I thought that he played that role so well. And he had this quirky kind of attitude about himself, yet he was very serious. And so I just, I just loved Steve McQueen. But when I read about and I did my research on him and I read about him, it made me cry and yeah. i never forget that experience of i saw him at as this once this big person but then when i researched he's just a human
0: mhm he was very um he was very complicated he was very charming yes. he, he was highly intelligent mm-hmm. really well read yes. um uh he had great he liked art and music and everything i mean mm-hmm. and and yet he had he had a difficult time with um his temper um, yeah. he he had a difficult time with um authority yeah. um and you know he was a rebel um, the motorcycle wasn't just a prop in, in the movie, like, The Great Escape. The mo- motorcycle was his mm-hmm. love. He loved race car yeah. driving. He loved motorcycles. Yes. He was, he was just, um, but he was really, uh, if you're going to fall for somebody, that's a complex guy. <laughs> yes.
1: And then, you know, but I think a lot of those issues that he had as an adult, them from the way his 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 childhood. Of course. Um, oh yeah. His childhood yeah, was we so all difficult. Do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um by far I think the part that really broke my heart was at the end when he was going through that whole thing with cancer and he was really fighting for his life and Trying to find new ways to preserve himself, I, it, it was just heartbreaking. I, I that was the most heartbreaking part of my research.
0: I know. I, rem- I actually did. remember it. I actually remember when it was happening. I, I remember him going to mm-hmm. Mexico to take their treatment yes. and and stuff. It, 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 when you when yes. people get to the end of their life and and you really like them, um, <clears throat> an example is Rock Hudson. Um, mm-hmm. He he handled it with dignity, considering that it was AIDS and people had all these horrible reactions to AIDS, and mm-hmm. and it, it was during the time when there was a lot of bashing and um and 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 anyway he he went to Europe to uh, try to get it cured, um mm-hmm. but there was no you know, I mean there was no cure but at least Controlled, but it, it did extend his life a little bit. But you know, because they had money, they could go for these experimental treatments. But unfortunately, it didn't, and it never saves them. I mean, they handled yeah. it with great dignity, but it, it, that's a desperate person. And this is what yes. we were talking about. These people are human. We shouldn't put them on pedestals. These are normal people.
1: Yes, I agree. I will agree.
0: They were beautiful men, and unfortunately, they both had terrible diseases that killed them. Yeah. And guess what? Most people get diseases that kill them, so you know what? That's the way it is. That's life.
1: I agree. I agree. I but I when love... When I th-
0: love I love McQueen. I, I there's so many movies. Thomas Crown Affair. Um there what's that movie? i, I uh Oh, with Anne Margaret.
1: Him. Well he played and he also played with uh what's her name? Uh the blonde The Blonde Lady. Uh yeah, is it Sharon? Sharon uh That's I know the movie was Reavers Reavers? You know what? I think it's called Reefer, Reefer's. Oh, Reefer Madness? On. Was it Reefer Madness? No.
0: Oh, that I'm was a stupid name, movie.
1: <laughs> I am trying to think I didn't remember
0: him in that. Fun. The The dumbest movie he was ever in was The Blob.
1: I've never seen him in that one.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a really silly horror movie. Even I can watch it. I'm not a horror movie fan. It's really <laughs> it's the silliest movie. Ever. It's this big red um, it looks like a, a you know those chairs that you sit in and it smushes down when you sit on them. Well, this mm-hmm. big red thing goes and it goes on top of people and eats them. It's, <laughs>
1: it's so stupid. Oh my goodness. You know, but with his personality, it's hard to imagine him in a movie like that. Hey, he was a starving
0: actor. He took what he could get. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Independent no. film,
1: so
0: just like any other starving oh, actor.
1: Yeah, you got a point. Okay, so the movie but yeah, I he was, was talking in the blob. About was The Reaver, The Reavers, and it had... Um, I'm going to find oh, this Reaver. lady because I uh, the Reavers, yes. And what was this actress? The Bl- Sharon Farrell. Oh, Sharon Farrell, Mike yes. Farrell's ex-wife. <laughs> now, see, I did not know that. Yeah, she was, she was married, married to
0: Mike Farrell. Uh
1: uh-huh. Oh my goodness,
0: for Mash. Oh, I know who he is, but I didn't know that. Yeah, she was even one of the nurses for the first uh, couple of years in MASH before he ever came on it.
1: Oh, my goodness. See, I'm learning a lot because I didn't know that. Uh-huh. I've always thought she was so beautiful. She, Yeah, she was. She was gorgeous.
0: But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's um, that was his first wife.
1: Wow! Amazing things you Yeah,
0: but, we, but all actors have to do silly movies. They all do. <laughs> well, I, I have mean, to look um, stuff. Alan Alda, who I adore, uh, one of his movies was oh I can't remember the name of it, but it was like, um, it was like a vampire movie. Or a devil worship movie, or some stupid thing. Um, Yeah, but he's in it. Um, Oh my gosh, Alan Alda! Alan Alda. He was a young, starving actor. He took what he could get. You
1: know, people forget. Wow, there's
0: a lot of them. really terrible movies. Um, Raymond Burr was in the first Godzilla movie? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I mean, after the, after the journeyman, they have to take the parts that come
1: to them. Like, but you know, that Raymond Burr, to me, in my perception, his movies, he always plays this character of, stress, a law-abiding uh, an attorney or or something like that. Uh, oh, I've my never... God. Let me open
0: your eyes, Sherry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> There's a couple of movies I can recommend. One of them is a classic Alfred Hitchcock movie called Rear Window, and he played the bad guy. Okay. And another yeah. movie is with Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. It's a comedy and he plays a bad guy. I can't remember what? the name of it. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was a goodness. he was a what? terrible murderer in, in Rear Window. He almost killed Joel. I'm gonna give it away.
1: I almost gave the movie away. <laughs> I I'm gonna have to watch that because it's just hard for me to even picture that. Yeah, yeah, oh. he
0: was uh, he was a
1: murderer. Oh
0: my goodness! Yeah, is he, he he played a lot of heavy? That's what they call a bad guy in um, in acting. And when you play a bad guy, you play you're it's called a heavy. If um, you actually if you think about it, a lot of actors that we think of as these sweet, wonderful perfect people, yes. played a lot of heavies, a lot of them. Ed Asner, who just passed, uh, he played almost all heavies in, before the Mary Tyler Moore show. Wow. And That's even after.
1: Amazing.
0: I mean, he he and John Amos, who was also in the Mary Tyler Moore show, they were both, they both uh-huh. tried to
1: Roots. They did the first Roots. Yes, I remember that. I remember both of those uh, characters. Um, I was yeah. shocked
0: by that because I the first movie show I'd ever seen Ed Asner in. I mean, it's like my parents had told me at the time he's an actor. I go, I know, but he's mean <laughs> and what he's horrible. Um, but yeah, because he played uh, the was it the captain of the ship. I mm-hmm. think he was the captain of the ship that captured. Actually, in real life, his buddy John Amos was Cuntakitte.
1: Mm hmm. <laughs> hmm. I remember that. Yeah. But
0: it was like shocking because I knew them as I grew up watching Mary Tyler Moore, so I knew them as um, Mr. Grant and Gordy, the the um, weatherman meteorologist. Uh, <laughs> I. You know. Mm hmm. You, but, know,
1: you, you know, but but I was a little girl too. <laughs> but you, but you say in your mind, "Wow, they're good."
0: Yeah. They oh yeah. They
1: can switch it <laughs> Yes, they're good. Just I excellent. saw.
0: I was. I was with. Um, I had never seen. I seen Bill Shatner play a bad guy because I saw him on Mission Impossible and stuff like that. But I saw him in this movie. Um, I can't remember what the name of it was, but he was a KKK guy. And this i this is somebody I had a crush on. I was about 19, 17, mm-hmm. 18, something like that. And I had a crush on him. And so... Um, I had never I'd seen him play like the bad guys in Mission Impossible and stuff, but he was a monster mm-hmm. in this movie. He was a horrible monster, and I was like sitting here hating him. And the whole group of people we were all fans of uh, Bill Shatner, and we're all hating him. And <laughs> and then after the movie was over, we're like, God. You know, we talked about how much we hated him and then we after at the end we're like, "God, he was damn good." I mean, that was convincing. <laughs> wow, he was really good.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, you have to give, they're good at what they do. Their their skills are just great. So. yeah,
0: and it was especially, you know, and that they love playing bad guys. That's what I learned as uh, when I started uh, I, understanding about acting and stuff. That's the parts that they want is the bad guy wow. parts because that's the that they can chew those. They can that, that's the. I mean, that's why somebody like um, Anthony Hopkins does a lot of um, horror stuff was because. He, he got to play that guy. I mean, I think, didn't Anthony Hopkins play Hitler? Uh, I think he did. I mean, he plays. he's played a lot of horrible characters, and then he does things like 84, Charing Cross Road, and he plays uh, Remains of the Day, all these really mm-hmm. lovely characters. You know? <laughs> and he does them yeah. sometimes in the same year.
1: <laughs> he's good. Yeah. Oh, well, now there's an him. actor. That's an actor's actor. Yes. Yes. Yes, I. you know, I give him the hats off. He is so good. And, and, you know, if you're living in that world, I'm talking about in your head, wow, he has that, it becomes a reality while you're watching it on TV. It's so real. He is good. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I am like, oh, uh, Kim Novak, um, she was in, it's so funny, she did Vertigo and Bell, Book, and Candle in the same year. And there's no characters more different than the uh, manipulative woman in Vertigo and the sweet witch in Bell, Book, and Candle. <laughs> you know, it's totally mm-hmm. that Bell, Book, and Candle was the predecessor of Bewitched. And that, part of the idea, there were two movies that they got the idea from, Bell, Book, and Candle, and I, I Married a Witch. And that's how Bewitched became born.
1: Well, see, I didn't know that. And as a matter of fact, Bewitch as a child was one of my favorite shows. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I, I still watch so it. Good. I love that show. Yeah, yeah, I do. I love it. Um, I love. I love Agnes Moorhead Is that correct? Oh, um, she. See, yeah. She, she was amazing.
0: Actress. She was. Mm-hmm. She was a great. Talk about great. She, she, now hers was complex because she was a bad guy, but she, you had to like her because he was a regular. Mm-hmm. So you, it, that was a really complex character if you think about it. Yeah, because because you had a she had to have love, and her love was mm-hmm. for her daughter, and later for her grandchildren, and later on as time went by, she accepted Darren. Even though she still wanted to kill him, sometimes. Um, yes. <laughs> but um, but do you know I learned? This is going to sound really funny. I learned Shakespeare from uh, the guy who played uh, her father, uh, Maurice, Evelyn, Maurice Evans, who played Maurice. Yes.
1: Wow. That's who I learned. From uh, how,
0: that's what I learned. How serious. I learned about Shakespeare was by him. Going into Hamlet, or or Romeo and Juliet, or, or King Lear. Wow! Amazing. Because <laughs> I, mean, I asked my um, my mom and dad when I was old enough to know what Shakespeare was. Because I, I I was watching mm-hmm. it from I was like five. When I started watching Bewitched. But um, when I was old enough to know, I said, "Is he really doing Shakespeare?" And my dad goes, "Yeah, he's really doing Shakespeare." <laughs> But later I found out he was a Shakespearean actor, so of course he was a really big Shakespeare.
1: <laughs> wow. Amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? I love that. Yeah, it is. I love that and, kind of and stuff. And I want to say, Agnes, um, you, she always played those movies before Bewitched. Just like you said, her movies always make her look – there was a couple that she looked beautiful and dressed up, but most of her movies, she was always this mean person. This uh, she wasn't well kept up, if that makes sense. Um, Even she when she part. looked good, she could play
0: a bad person.
1: You know, yes. I mean,
0: there was she was a, she looked beautiful in a movie called "Who's Minding the Mint" with Jerry Lewis and Jill Jill St. John, and mm-hmm. she played Jill St. John's mother. And she was a bitch. She was a horrible, mean woman. But she was yeah. gorgeous. <laughs> wow. She's, she's
1: a great actor. Movie, she was it,
0: it? And another movie, oh, uh, and you should see it if you haven't seen it, because it's, like, one of my all-time favorite movies. It's called Who's Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with um, Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn, um, Sidney Poitier. She played one I of um, Catherine Hepburn's friends, and she was such a yes.
1: bitch.
0: <sighs> but she looked good. I
1: love that movie. I,
0: I cannot love that even. Movie. <laughs> I cannot resist the end of the movie, uh, even though I've seen it a zillion times. If if I am going through the channels and it's the last 20 minutes, I've got to switch over because you get the great speech from Sidney Poitier to his dad, and then you get the great speech at the end with Spencer Tracy to all of them. I mean, those are my – that's that's worth the cost of admission, those two speeches, because it's like
1: Mm -hmm.
0: just right on.
1: Yes. And you know, I love the way Spencer Tracy played that whole role of, you know, it was like a battle of my thoughts here and learning new ways and new thoughts and, and, and changing. It was the the whole movie was a change process in itself, even down to the maid. Mm-hmm. You remember the raid the maid? Excuse me. The oh, yeah, of course. A,
0: uh, what what it, was it, the line? It, yeah. This is our maid. This, she's she's part of our family, and she has been a pain in the neck all day. And we yes. love her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
1: thought whoever wrote that movie did a tremendous job.
0: I know. Yes. It was just, uh, especially, it, uh, Spencer was, the people called him an actor's actor. I mean, actors looked up to Spencer Tracy because all actors, great actors, it was like um, uh, musicians looking up to Tony Bennett. I mean, you know, he was uh, uh, Tony Bennett was the musician's musician, and Spencer Tracy was the actor's actor, and. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. was the performer's performer. You know, there's just certain people you look up to because their talent is like overwhelming over most people. And Spencer Tracy, when he performed, he just he you didn't you didn't see method, you didn't see memory work, you didn't see any of that. He became each character so completely that it it's like you just sat back and, and, and watched the journey. Because and, and when he was doing that movie, that was a man who was going through pretty much an identity crisis um, because he always thought of himself as a fair-minded, liberal, caring person, which he was. But now he's confronted by this dilemma, and it was, and he only had 24 hours. And, I mean, that was that was the big thing. He didn't have time to process. He they gave him 24 hours to make his decision. So it was yeah.
1: just,
0: oh, God! One of my favorite parts of him. Uh, I, I guess you agree with me, right?
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, he is. I like Sister Tracy. Do you but agree I,
0: about, the, about that character? That just how difficult it was?
1: Yeah. But if you're to talk and, about And uh, Sidney <laughs>
0: Poitier's first major part, too. Wow,
1: well, I didn't know that.
0: Well, he was, I think cool. he had done... He had done some movies. He was not. He was the lead in in movies, but this was his mm-hmm. first non-independent film, like a major studio oh. film. Okay. Because he won, won for he won his Oscar, I think after with Tony Curtis for um, I can't remember that the movie. You know, you get older and. Things that are right there at the top of your head just go poof.
1: Um, I know what that movie is, and I can't think of. They were chained together, right?
0: Yes, yeah. They were part of a chain I, gang I and they was... escaped, but they were still chained. They, yes. they they were still cuffed to each other, and they hated mm-hmm. each other at the beginning of the movie, and yes. they ended up can... liking each other at the end.
1: Hmm. I can't think of what the name of that movie was, but they made a remake of that movie. And I can't think of who the two actors were in this, in the uh, updated version. That's always hard for me. When it's such a
0: classic like that, I can't, it's hard for Mm -hmm. me to watch an update. You know what I mean? Especially when it's great actors. Mm -hmm. You know, like Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier.
1: Oh, but I'm gonna tell you, my heart throbs. My heart throbs were Robert Redford and Paul Newman. <gasps>
0: Which More one? So Which *Casting Sundance kid or *The Sting*? <laughs> oh.
1: With uh, I'm 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 thinking separate. Uh, oh, Paul okay, Newman, okay. My favorite movie with Paul Newman. Newman was a long hot summer. And, oh yeah, the um Terrence from the Terrence, Have you seen that one? From the Terrace. From the Terrace, yeah. Oh. And I love the fact both of those movies he played with his wife. Oh. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were so good. Now, with they Robert Redford. My favorite with Robert Redford is This Property Condemned.
0: This property is condemned with Natalie Wood.
1: Yes, that's my movie. I love that movie. I love that movie. And a lot of people really don't like that movie.
0: That's a good movie. That's a great movie. I actually, I've always been a Natalie Wood fan. There's very few Natalie Wood movies that I don't like. (laughs) I know, and I love Tennessee
1: Williams. Um, uh, yes, me movies. too. I've
0: always been a big fan. Cat on the hot tin roof with her and Paul Newman. No, that was yes.
1: Elizabeth Taylor. That was
0: Elizabeth Taylor and Paul Newman. Yes, but that was brilliant. Yes. that was that was my that was my first exposure to uh, Tennessee Williams.
1: hmm I think he was such a great writer. Um,
0: Talking about and it was poetry, with- his words were poetry. His words were all yeah. poetry.
1: Yes. Until
0: they, it, let's say, hacked it up by the the editor, but really, it, his words were so beautiful. <laughs> oh, I remember why I got it. that mixed up. Uh, Natalie Wood and Robert Wagner did a TV movie with Laurence Olivier as doing Cat on the Hot Tin Roof. That's why I got it all mixed up. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's why
1: I, my my mind
0: just flashes. That's why <laughs> um, we don't have a lot of time. Uh, I want to talk about your poetry okay. book. What's your
1: latest book about? It is about my life, pretty much. I, you know, like I said before, I love writing poetry. I write about things that occurred in my life, and the biggest factor um, is the changes that I made um, as an adult of all of the obstacles that I went through in my life, what I've gained with growth and understanding, if that makes sense. Um, Because you carry those things, especially if it's trauma, you carry those things throughout your life. And my perspective on that is if you're carrying all of this baggage, then this is the thing, that's that's your outcome of life. This is how you see life. Well, I had to let that go. And a lot of that I had to let go was forgiving. I had to forgive some of the people. And, you know, I want to say this, too. Part of forgiving is understanding sometimes. Um, And I'm going to use, for example, my mother. Um, Learning. As I got wiser, I went back home because I had stayed away from home for years. And so when I finally went back, I started asking questions, and then, when I started to ask these questions i understood I understood why my mom was the way she was. she didn't have no other choice, and listening to her stories and some of the things that I never knew she was even going through as a child um it wasn't as bad my the way I was raised was half as bad as the way she was raised. So I learned to forgive her, and I understood her. So that's pretty much, yeah, it was a lot of things And you did that that, through writing
0: your poetry? And you did that through writing your poetry. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I did that through writing my poetry, how I felt about her. And then I wrote out in my book uh, my thoughts on the poem. Because some of the poems were written when I was going through things. I just kept them as collective items. But then when I decided to put them in a the book, I went on to explain the final thought of all of these occurrences and incidents in my life. Um, some still happen, but that's okay. Because at the end of the day, it's all about growth, right? Um mm-hmm. And the growth always starts with you. Uh, What do you plan on doing with you different? Because you can't change a thing that's happened. That's true. That's very true. Um, Mm -hmm. Is the book available? Yes, it's available on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback.
0: Okay. And do you have a website?
1: I, do, I don't have it available right with me, but if you go to Amazon and you type in A Shadowed Path" by Sherry Hicks, it'll pop right up. Okay.
0: And um, also, are you on social media?
1: I am. I'm on Facebook, and I also have a fan page. It's called um, Dr. Sherry Hicks, A Shadowed Path.
0: And on, are
1: you on any of the others like Instagram or Twitter? Or I am on Instagram, um, but Instagram I use as a, a different type of business page. The biggest page that I speak about situations, life occurrences is on Facebook, and it's on my face, my uh, fan page, uh, Dr. Sherry yep. Hicks and Shadow Path.
0: All right. Um I want to thank you for coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed it.
1: I did and thank you for having me. Thank
0: you. And thank you for chatting with Terry. <laughs>